Hi, welcome to the Rainbow Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Papaniklov. Rainbow and I are on a mission to upgrade humanity with fungi and expand the collective conscious. This podcast builds a virtual mycelial network of bold, open-minded thinkers and seekers. I chat with experts, thought leaders, healers, scientists, entrepreneurs, spiritual teachers, activists, and dreamers. These are stories of healing, human potential, and expansion. Tune in, root in, expand, and journey with us. Hello, hello, friends. I have such a dear friend of mine that I get to share this conversation with you today. Her name is Lisa O'Connor, and she is such a beautiful gem of a human, someone who I'm so grateful to have as a close friend. And our paths have been really just intermingling and crossing and dancing and really coalescing for the last few years and we've navigated some beautiful highs and lows together in terms of our healing journey, our learning journeys, our life journeys. Lisa is a creative entrepreneur, a holistic nutritionist, a kundalini yoga teacher, a healing practitioner, an earth lover, one of my favorite, if not my favorite Scorpio, I said it, and she's just such a deep person. Also, similar to last week, someone that I have the honor of being able to just go so deep and being really raw and true with her. We have been side by side on a lot of our a lot of our journeys. Like I mentioned, we both got mold toxicity at the exact same time, which is exactly when our Kundalini Yoga started. Our teacher training started in 2021. So we kind of went through that whole journey, six month journey of our teacher training together in tandem with eradicating mold and moving and all of these crazy things and just everything in between. We have shared some of the most TMI images, videos of our healing journey. She's just somebody who I trust with uh, some of the crazy stuff that we've had happen to us. Very, very grateful for this human and her true essence is just one of so much authenticity and beauty and she's just so real. So in this episode, we talk about her journey with chronic illness and really how that has informed so much of her life and path and what she has learned from it and how she's alchemized it. We also talk about what happens when you heal from that and when that label is no longer attached to your identity and the ways in which that takes some unshedding and readiness in order to adopt that and really stepping into a new place and time in your life where you're chronic disease illness free and what that looks like and how these conditions and labels can really become part of our identity and how it's so important to not choose to identify ourselves that way and i mean we talk about kundalini yoga so many beautiful juicy topics she shares about her experience using the rife machine for Lyme, which is, if you haven't heard about the Rife machine, it was invented in the 1920s by Royal Raymond Rife. What a name. And it's a machine that basically delivers low electromagnetic waves, like radio waves, through the hands or the feet. And it kind of has this suggestion that like all medical conditions have an electromagnetic frequency because everything in the world is a vibratory frequency at its 
most base atomic level. And this machine basically delivers pulsations of energy that are the same frequency as the disease to disable these diseased cells. I have personally worked with the Rife for some skin conditions and mold. And let me tell you, when I was going through a crazy skin outburst in 2016, I went to the doctors, they gave me all the different types of antihistamines and nothing worked. And I went to my neighbor who has a Rife machine and it was the only thing that worked for me within two sessions, which you know a session can be like 15, 20 minutes or longer, but I personally have had really great results with this Rife machine and Lisa shares a bit about her journey using it for Lyme. And it is a powerful device. I am a very, very big believer from personal experience. Had great success with it. Lisa's launching something very exciting, her Radiance Matcha, very, very soon. We actually recorded this conversation on the spring equinox. It's coming out a bit late. It's a bit later in the spring right now. But we just, it's such a good conversation. I will not cause any further ado to you listening to this conversation. I hope you love it. Always appreciate likes, loves, comments, reviews on the podcast, whether you're on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else. It means the world to me. Please rate us five stars if you love it and leave us a review. And let's jump into it. Hi. Hi, Hello. Lisa. Hi. Well, we basically have just been chatting for 45 minutes and I feel like <laughs> we should have just recorded the whole thing. Classic, yeah. <laughs> but thank you. I love chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. And I'm really excited to share your story with our audience. Likewise. I know this has also been, we've been talking about it for a while and you've been on my pod a few times and we always have our matcha ketchups and oh, yeah. yeah, they're so good. <laughs> so good. So where should we start? Well, actually, We were just chatting a lot about astrology and Pluto's transition, and it's it's an exciting week. I feel like everybody is talking about this new energy that we are amongst with spring and Aries, new moon, astrological new year. So how are you feeling? What's coming up for you? And I kind of know a lot of it, but... (laughs) Well... I think the thing is, and I know a lot of people have been feeling this for the past couple of years, that there's been a lot of either stagnant energy or sticky energy or uncertainty or unclarity. And I mean, there has been so many collective external events that have been happening, but those always mirror the internal. So people that I've been talking to, whether it's clients, whether it's really close friends, whether it's even family who are you know, at a distance and not aware kind of like of the planetary occurrences, like you can see the same themes going on, but they just, yeah, there's not that awareness. So with having the awareness and that seeing it really now, I feel like as we've moved into 2023, especially, I know that this January, February, and like the first bit of March, which we were still in Pisces season was very, very, very cloudy. It was like quite unsettling. It was a little bit muddy. It's almost like, and I'm saying this myself too, it was almost like I was trying to plant my feet and I was trying to ground into something, 
But when I would take a step, it'd either be mud and I would Mm. get stuck. There was no forward momentum or I didn't know what the next step would be. At the same time, I feel like I have a clear vision. And in saying that, I think now as we do, we step into the astrological new year, Aries season, which is ruled by Mars. It's very forward momentum. And I think at the time of the first new moon in Aries, because there's actually a second new moon at the end of April where the eclipse happens, there was six planets in Aries. And that's a lot of energy. And maybe you aren't aware of the planetary energies that are circulating. But I know for myself, and I know for many people, when there was like that clear shift from Pisces to Aries, it was like blast off kind of like a little bit more of like a, okay, we've been sitting on the launching pad, but now it's time to take off. So I feel that in like a very direct way, I feel like things that I've been wanting to make into 3d or make a reality. It's like, they've been percolating, they've been there and I've been taking the steps and it's not like I've just been sitting back and not doing or not working or not creating. It's just been this fogginess. And now it feels like the fog has lifted and I'm able to take the steps in the direction of the vision that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting and beautiful the way that bringing that awareness into your life just invites like continual evolution and rebirths time and time again. I think we're all hungry for that in a way. I was just chatting last night with my friends about, you know, it was a new moon and we were just chatting through what was coming up for us. And everybody kind of said they feel this rebirth and like, this is the person I'm becoming. This is what I'm moving towards. I see this opening up in my life and to have the reference points of the planets that are like wild, wild mathematical equations, literally of these Mm -hmm. orbiting specks of dust that are like, (laughs) have you read those? Like I have to look it up and I want to look it up to give people accurate information, but it's like the distance, the circumference of the sun is like hundred and like, yes, I've seen. And where they show the visual representation of like the sizes of the planet. Yeah. Our brains actually can't wrap itself around. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. But there is this intricate design with the cosmos that we have reflected within us. And it just makes for such a alchemical experience of life when we start to look at what's happening. Like I had my period yesterday on like the new year, mm-hmm. new moon. And I'm like, yes, you know what's happening. And I've been really trying to like regulate my cycle through my thoughts, just kind of being like, this is when we're going to menstruate. It's going to be pain-free. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I do it if I have to wake up for, you know, an early flight, I can wake up before my alarm. I consciously can like train my cells and my brain to work in that way. And it's a similar process for the hypothalamus, the glandular system Absolutely. responding in a certain way. It doesn't always happen, but you know, it's an interesting experience to have that bring the self-awareness in. Yeah. And on that, a few things on the period note, anytime I'd go on vacation, I would say, okay, come on, like body and hormones and glandular system. Let's not have it <laughs> on my period if it's like around that. And I would say nine times out of 10, it comes before. Wow. And not in like an unhealthy way of like, it's super early or it's super late, but I will definitely have this relationship to myself and to my body and like that intention that, okay, we're going on vacation. It's not ideal. Obviously, you know, it can happen and has happened before, but can we just work with 
the cycles and the rhythms that we not and we get it like a little bit early. And mm-hmm. I mean, I always say, and you know, my friends closest to me, they'll laugh that like, yeah, you manifested that. Like that is something that I think it goes beyond and everything that we always talk about when we talk, it goes beyond reason. And I think that's often why people don't believe in something or why when we hear astrology, it's like, it's so far into the galaxies and it's so not tangible for a lot of people just kind of like thinking something in relation to your health or your body isn't tangible because we just think everything happens and it's just, okay, we're just like this person and everything's happening around us, but we have no control. We have no co-creative abilities. And to me, and I know you share the same sentiment is that why not? To me, it's just a lot more fun and it's a lot more richer of experience if we can like play with the cosmos, if we can play with our bodies on a cellular level, why not try? Absolutely. It gives you this little blueprint to help you navigate a mysterious, weird experience of being a human, (laughs) coveted, like incredible experience of being a human. But yeah, it gives you a little blueprint and it starts to help you become kind of this creator. There's obviously no right way or wrong way, but like yeah, there's a passive approach to it. Like it can be easier to kind of become a victim to circumstance and environment and all of these things versus really taking a hold of things by the lapels and be like, let's work on this together. This is what I feel like my soul really wants and dancing and moving towards that. Mm -hmm. So I know you've told us a lot about on your platforms, on the podcast, you've chatted a lot about your healing experience and I know you've been working with Rife and I would just love for you to walk people through a bit of your experience. You know, I think something that is really fascinating about your story is grief and the processing of that and like that journey that it's taken you on in so many different ways and how that's, you know, led you to become the person who you are. And part of my question, and you know, it might be a totally separate question, but just like, what has that process been like for you? in navigating the health journey and in becoming this beautiful, vital, radiant life source that you are. Thank you. I mean, I feel like we all have our story. We all have our journey and mine just happened to really be tied into my physical body and into, yeah, really tangible. I know there's a lot of people that experience mental health. And while mental health was definitely a part of it, to me, it was way more. It was dense. It was 3D. It was the physical body. It was a myriad of symptoms. You know, at some point I remember being like, can this be actually true that if I were to, and I did at one point, because I remember one practitioner I was like, what symptoms are you actually experiencing? And I was like, oh, I'll show you. Like, (laughs) you don't really believe me in all these things. And that's fine. And I am so lucky in any situation. I never played the victim. I just wanted to be seen. I just wanted to be heard. Like so many people, all of us, we all just want to be seen for what we're experiencing and just for where we're at at that moment. I wasn't asking for a solution. I wasn't asking to be healed. I knew, and I don't know if this is something like very innate within me that was born within me or that's just been passed down. I have no idea, but I always, always came back to the fact that no one else was going to heal me 
but me. And so that's always been my companion. That's also always been my mantra. That's always been my North Star on this journey. Age of Aquarius. Yeah. Right? That's... That's where we're at. And right now we can all see, and I'm sure we can all look around us in whether it's the wellness community or the health community or the spiritual community, that that's a huge message. A lot of people, right, are saying like, be your own healer, be your own guru, be your own everything. And I'm just lucky at a very young and tender age that I was able to adopt that in the process of also yeah. going through it. So not being like an yeah. outsider, being like, I'm my own healer, but I also feel a hundred percent me being like, I'm my own healer and my body's breaking down. <laughs> and so even on that journey too. So I lost my mom when I was 18 and she passed from cancer. And I remember at that point that she was also starting to, and this was like, I mean, what year was this? Early 2000s. She passed in 2003. So like early 2000s that even she was seeking natural options, even though she did go conventional with chemo and radiation and surgery. I remember this one story and it's so vivid when I think of my own journey, but then I just think of the power of our body and kind of tying everything back in. She went to a iridologist. I think that's what it's called. You know, like yeah. the eye, yeah. not an eye doctor, but pretty much an eye reader, right? Yeah, exactly. It's iridology. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that she went to it and I remember having, like, I can really picture the conversation I had with my mom at this time. And I was only... 16, 17, so very young, had no idea what any of this was, but she told me about a session and she said the iridologist saw in my right eye a speck that he knew nothing about my health, but that right speck is what indicated the right tumor in the breast from the breast cancer. So yeah, there's been many, many, many through lines, but then also in that through line was grief, was losing my mother, was seeing, you know, her taking control of her health or at least starting to and her passing. And then me in that almost feeling like, and I know this sounds so crazy and I've worked through so many of this stuff is like taking the torch. It's almost like I took the torch hmm. and she had experienced a lot of fear. I feel like I took that torch of fear and it was like, okay, although I have a very grounded, I felt like approach to everything that I was moving through and then getting a diagnosis of like chronic Lyme in 2012 and, you know, moving through that whole journey, although I felt very grounded in everything that I was doing from, I mean, I started juicing very, very early on, like 20 years ago, which now seems like that's ancient. Like that just seems so long ago and started to like change my diet, started to do all of these different things. There was still a lot of fear and a lot of grief running through my system. Which is also like when you think about intergenerational inheritance, it's not that that's just genetic. It's also just energy. And so like hearing you say that, like that passing of that torch could be right. Like this bond that you and your mother's soul came here to achieve together that you have then continued to heal for both of you, heal for the lineage Absolutely. 
And my grandmother actually got breast cancer and passed. And that was like even further into the past when it was still even shameful to talk about. Like I remember even my mom being kind of like a little shamed and saying where the cancer even was, like that it was breast cancer. That's not even Mm. that long ago, like late 90s, I think maybe, or like early mid 90s. That's still wild to think about that although time has passed, we're still really kind of still stuck in some of these old paradigms. And I mean, there's so much, (laughs) there's so much in between that. I don't know if there's anything specific that you kind of want me to touch upon before I move into talking about the rife? I mean, no, I think it's like what we were just chatting about this morning or, you know, when we got on, I think that's so poignant and exciting is that you're in this new chapter now. I feel like we all are at this dance, right? Where you're in the process of like kind of rewriting a story. And so I realized that by asking you that question, we're kind of looking backwards. And I think that that's always okay to do. But at the same time, there's actually this course that I'm going to be getting into in my studies in the near future called personal Mm -hmm. mythology and dream work. And it's about how we craft our narrative. And so I've been really like careful about how I retell my story, how I look at that, realizing that it's through a very unique lens point of trying to find meaning and that is so natural and that we all do it. But I think, and I'd love for you to touch on where Rife has taken you and, you know, maybe what's next. And I see that as a new story. Absolutely. I'm with you on all of it. I feel like even when I was navigating and getting to certain points with my healing journey, there was a very distinct point. Maybe it was 10 years ago, eight years ago that I was like, my story doesn't even matter. And I used to kind of host these like health workshops and have greenhouse juice. And I would kind of get on like a platform or a stage and like talk about my story and how I healed and da, 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 da. And then it was very simultaneous into like finding Joe Dispenza when I started to see Mm -hmm. the relationship to the mind and the quantum and all of these other things. And I remember even him talking very clearly that, okay, the past it happened. And it's not like, okay, we're just bypassing it. And I don't think even today he doesn't talk about, okay, we'll just like think positive or magnetize, have the vision. But what he's also saying is that the past isn't going to dictate your future and it's not going to dictate your healing. It's there. It was a part of your story, but now how can we take it to completely not even like write a new chapter? It's like write a new book. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's where I'm at. I feel like that book is closed. All of the chapters have been incredible. They have been expanding. They've been highs. There's been lows. There's been so much life and, you know, loss and love and richness, but it's like, okay, now time for a new book. And in that new book, you spoke about life. We've been chatting about it and I've shared with you my experience thus far. And so Rife is the only almost way I can put it. It's a very future forward frequency healing device and treatment protocol. And it's based off of Tesla. So Tesla's work with frequency and kind of looks like an electrical box on the physical machine when it's running a protocol. It's 
very galactical. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. It's a very kind of otherworldly technology that it even like across the screen where it shows like all the numbers, it's like constantly you see these like giant numbers, like 10,000 hertz. And then it goes back to like five hertz. And then it's like jumping all <laughs> over the place because it's like the program is programmed to specific frequencies to then target whatever's going on in your body. So say, for example, let's use Lyme. Lyme in the body vibrates at a specific frequency. And so when you then try to heal it or try to treat it with something like Rife, which is programmed at another frequency, what happens is the Rife machine is a higher frequency or just a different frequency, and it shatters the frequency that Lyme or bacteria or virus is let's say vibrating at. So it not only eradicates it or gets the body to clear it, it actually bursts it and it's just like gone, completely gone. And so it seems I've been using it and even while using it and like holding the rods, there's kind of specific rods that come out of the machine and you hold and the ones that I've been using literally just like flicker glowing light. Like there's not much else. You're not really hooked up to all of these things. It's like you're holding these rods, you program from a pre-programmed protocol into the machine and you run the machine. It's, (laughs) I know this probably to the listeners is like, you're like, so I'm using this device from the future. 100%, which it's so fascinating because we know this. And even what we're talking about in the beginning with Pluto moving into Aquarius This is the era of new technology and whether we're going to like it in terms of like medical technology or healing technology, it's going to be birth. This is like just, I feel like the beginning. A hundred percent. How did you feel throughout the protocol? Was there like traditional kind of die off symptoms or, you know, days where you didn't feel so great? Yeah. And I think that's the case with anything. If we think of even we can take like a herbal supplement or we can take herbs and we're like, whoa, I'm feeling this way. Or maybe, you know, the next day I take herbs that are a little bit more targeted to killing off something. So whether that's even, I mean, we both (laughs) know any sort of parasitical (laughs) Mm -hmm. herbal protocol, whether it's like wormwood or black walnut, that it's natural and you're taking it, but in the process, you're killing off. Yeah. Yeah. And so no matter, I think what you're doing, even something that seems so out of this world and not really tangible where you're kind of holding these rods and specific frequencies are running through the machine. You're like, okay, well, I don't really feel like much is happening, but a hundred percent. I mean, there would be days where I would do the protocol and straight after I would have an immediate headache or even during Mm -hmm. the protocol, hopefully this isn't like TMI, but I would have to have a bowel movement. Like my body would almost just need to expel whatever it was moving. Wow. That's incredible. And you know, I think one thing that might help people kind of interpret this is that if you just really simply think about how a microwave works, invisible microwave frequency that is heating up food 
device that we know works. We can't see how it does it, but it does it. It's exactly like that. There's no question that we are energetic beings that are based on frequency. That is the entire existence of physics and the universe. So that's how these machines come to work in terms of it's just a different form of healing, mm-hmm. a different activation of like less physical, although it will result in physical manifestations and changes. Absolutely. And if we think about it, we've all heard or seen the visual of, you know, energy in motion or like a specific atom or something that even though it's a physical object, like it's a 3D, like the desk or the table or the computer in front of us or a cup, there's still very, 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 very small particles, atoms, all of the things that are still moving. They're still vibrating. Mm -hmm. So we often hear everything is energy. And I think when it comes to even something like a healing technology like this, which is also based off of sound healing and frequency and current and something we're also both, I mean, we've spoken about on my podcast, but we've also done kundalini teacher training and we're so into mantras it's all connected it's all the same it's just Mm -hmm. and i think you made such a good point of like age of aquarius it's like all of these modalities and all of these tools because we have the technology and the wherewithal to be able to create this machine this machine now exists Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty incredible i remember when i was just getting started in kundalini I had a teacher, mm-hmm. Hari Jeevan, who like I'd never met my teacher before. And I had that experience for the first time. And it's really unlike anything else. But I remember him telling me, record this mantra of you, you saying the mantra and listen to it all night. Listen to it all the time. Listen to it. Like, don't ever stop listening to it. And I was like, <laughs> no, I want your voice. Like, it's about uh-huh. you. You know, it's so easy. But as I then obviously learned more about the real you know, science of mantra and how it works. It has to be your own sound current that heals you. That's how the mantra works. That's how the imprint works. And although we can have the outside individual that sparks the awareness and who is a master at a craft who can exist and shift your consciousness through their presence, like truly like the craft that a master can do and achieve, they are just lighthouses for us to activate that within ourselves. But then it has to be you. It has to be your body. It has to be your sound current. And of course, like, you know, you can come into like collective healing circles and like, they're so transformative. But I think just to like put that power back in people's hands is very powerful. Absolutely. And I think what we were also talking about, and this is where you kind of tie in the mind and the belief and all of these other aspects that you also still have to believe in it. And I mean, with mantras and maybe like with something like Rife, it might take time for you to kind of like wrap your head around. And I know even like in Kundalini, they say, we don't really have to understand the language or what the mantra is saying. You kind of just have to be in the vibration. But I feel like being in that, there's like a belief created from that. And I think it's just like with the Rife, I know it can sound completely like we're on another planet and that it's a hoax or that it's like you just plug it in and this machine is just healing people. And I mean, Rife is being used for cancer and very, very, very kind of quote unquote, what we would in the medical community say advanced or terminal or chronic. 
And a part of us though, I think in using something, so even myself, that it's like, I know it's so hard to wrap your head around, but in using something like a mantra or using something like a rife machine, you also have to believe in it. There has to be this connection to it, to even doing the protocols. It's not just, you know, you do it for five minutes and then it's cleared. It's like some of these protocols are for like three hours a day. It totally depends like what you're doing. Some of them are like three times a week for an hour and a half. It's so dependent on your individual body. So it's not even one frequency or protocols like running through the machine. It's like, there's so many other things that come up and like, there's different protocols that they might recommend that you do in tandem with it. And then there's also supplements and obviously things that we both naturally do and take care of our health. So it's not just this in isolation, Mm -hmm. it's this or anything mantra or anything that we do in healing that is which I think even what you're saying, it like draws in the community of everything, like literally everything. Yeah. And I was reading this paper about how this person was kind of making this argument for not using the word placebo anymore because it does such a disservice to the body. Mm. Right. Because like people kind of use that word and it has this strange connotation for a lot of people where it's like, "Mm, that's just placebo. No, that is the innate healing response of your body because you help to direct that. That is like the power of the mind. So to just kind of like shoo that off to say it is merely, you know, some effect that just has like these connotations. I think the more we can change that language, because language is everything. Language is like how we're communicating with ourselves, with our creating our reality. We can start to be like, no, that's my body starting to heal. That's the intelligence of every single cell believing in what is possible for me and knowing what to do. (laughs) Like completely. Yeah. And to share a really quick little story about my experience with Rife, which has been so small, but powerful years ago when I had crazy hive. I don't know if I've told you this story. You said that you used Rife, but I don't know the like full story. Yeah. I haven't done a long protocol, but I remember I had broken out in like head to toe hives that were really, really bad. And it was days of it. And so I went to a few doctors and they're basically trying to determine what histamine response was happening because I wasn't responding to the antihistamines in the stomach or the ones in the gut. And so they were like, this is weird. This is not really a histamine response and we don't know what to do for you. (laughs) So I was like, cool, cool. Um, So my my neighbor, my parents' neighbor had a Rife machine, this incredible woman in her Mm nineties. Their son had a chronic fatigue syndrome for his whole life. I don't know the full story, so I won't say any dates, but they had been using the Rife with great success. So she invited me over and it started to clear up right away. I mean, there's so many of these testaments and that I feel a part of our brain also, I think, wants to deny some of these things or because we've been so programmed that healing or navigating something challenging has to have such an extensive or grueling, I guess, protocol or treatment. And I think that's why even with Joe Dispenza's work or Bruce Lipton or a lot of these kind of quantum using energy and quantum and kind of really our own power, it's 
very easy to dismiss. It's very easy to dismiss because even I'm sure like hearing that story, if you were to tell some people, it'd be like, well, that's a coincidence, Tanya. Like that's a fluke. Like it just maybe the hives or like the rash had like run its course, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. But no, there's so many testaments. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you're in the process of this. So this rewriting process, how would you advise somebody to start navigating that process where there's a new chapter that needs to be written and a new identity that's being crafted? And where does one start? I think number one, you have to want to let it go. I think we get so used to an identity or a story or a narrative of, like you said, of language. Language is so incredibly powerful. If we continue to say, I am this way, or I've been diagnosed with this, or I have this, and there's no harm. Like the thing is, we never want to, and this is something again, we both share, and I'm sure so many listeners do, we never want to bypass something. So it's not about dissociating or not acknowledging or not honoring what is going on or what has gone on. It's just shifting it and saying, that is what is going on, but that is not me. I am not it. Mm -hmm. It is not me. And I think because when something has been prolonged for a long time, you do, you become identified with it. You become almost friendly with it. Even if what is happening to you isn't advantageous or it's not pleasurable or it's a disease or an illness or any sort of imbalance or dysregulation in the body, it doesn't matter. We rather be seen and identified or be a victim in something than not have an attachment or identity or a story or a narrative. So a big part of it, and I know this was a big part of it for me, was saying, and maybe this is like something that you do consciously, maybe this is something that you do journaling, maybe this is something that you do with a therapist or hypnosis. I've done many, many sessions with many different hypnotherapists. And depending on like what was coming up, when, there's just so much to work through with this because I think the stories and the narrative and the identity is so complicated. Like we really wire it into our bodies. And I know even for me, there'd be so many instances that I would say to myself, oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy or, oh, that's going to like push my body or my nervous system into overdrive, which was in reality a story. I was telling myself that the experience or the situation hadn't even happened yet, but is already predicting or creating the outcome. Right. And I think we do that in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be related to health. Like we could be launching a business and we hadn't even maybe put the thing up on a website or we haven't even launched the business yet, but we're telling ourselves the story it's not going to do well. It's not going to sell. I'm not going to be a success because our story or the narrative that we have been so attached to is one of lack or is one of scarcity or one of that can happen to someone else, but not happen to me. It's probably one of the hardest things I think to move forward with. And I think with any sort of healing journey, because it's so deeply rooted also into the nervous system. So then when it's rooted into the nervous system, the body has like a physiological response. So even before the thing, 
you can start to have symptoms, but the symptoms aren't necessarily coming from the physical body. Like the physical body is okay. It's coming from the mind and the mental body, which then in turn create the physical symptoms. So it's all of this. It's like a very fine network. We're so insanely connected and smart and our bodies are miracle machines. And if we can just see that we can work with it and create a new narrative, use different language. So I think that's one of my tips and one of my tools that I even use to this day of changing a language, changing a narrative of saying, I can't do this, or "Mm, I don't know to, I can, I can do that. And my body might take a little bit to catch up to the, I can, or I am, but in the statement and in the language and in the shifting, the narrative through the energy that it's like being created on the other side from, I'm not able to, to, I am able to, that's going to set you in a different direction. And it's going to kind of get the wheels turning in the direction you want to go instead of falling back into the vortex or just like plateauing and staying stuck. Yeah. And I think there's also so much nuance to it too, where chronic conditions are so, it's like ultimately so much nuance and it depends on where you are, right? Because like you could be like right in the middle of it where you do have to honor that nervous system boundary But at the same time, you can, no matter where anybody is in their journey, they can decide not to have that identity that is given to them by the world, by the practitioners, by the medical community. They can still choose to rest or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like be conscious Mm -hmm. about how they're referring to themselves. And this is like such a spring conversation too, Mm -hmm. where we're like, you know, we've just come out of a deep, dark cozy winter of a lot of rest and a lot of time to like, for some of us, like maybe do some healing or inner work. And yeah, it's kind of that time now where I feel like we might be excited to launch things Mm -hmm. per se, maybe perhaps Lisa, (laughs) I believe we have a a launch (laughs) (laughs) segue, (laughs) a launch coming in, but no, I mean, I think that's so helpful and a poignant kind of reminder for all of the ways that we choose to identify ourselves. And also just the fact that I believe as women, we are like indefinable in so many ways. We have so many facets to us and it adds a lot of experience to how we go through the world Mm -hmm. based on all of the emotional centers and the way that we're constantly like shifting with the moon and our cycle and our cyclical nature. Mm -hmm. To me, the word, and I always bring it back to is it's beauty. There's so much beauty in all of it. And even in the nuance of saying, okay, I can be changing my language. I am, but yeah, maybe this day or this week, my physical body is still saying, hold up, or you need Mm -hmm. more rest. But that doesn't mean that you jump ship. And just because you know, you shifting your language isn't yet showing up in the physical 3D. It's about working with it. It shifts all the time. And I mean, there's been so many days that you've been doing so much healing. And I think so many people can relate to this in any aspect of your life or in healing that you have a setback where you feel like you've been doing all this work and then you take 10 steps back and you think, okay, well, what I'm doing must not be working or why even bother now? 
changing my language or meditating or doing my practice because if look at where I am now, but it's like, there's so much beauty to experience and witness in the nuance, in the dance, in this essentially rebirth. It's like, there's beauty in all of it and every single point. And to me, when that beauty is seen and experienced and acknowledged, that's what continues to move the needle forward in any sort of journey in any sort of healing aspect. Yeah. I was chatting with one of my friends last week and she was kind of like what she had said that really kind of rung true for me was that I think sometimes like the fear that comes into play in our health and in our journeys is there to root us into our physical existence. And I think I've always been oriented towards like, sorry, putting some pieces together, which is why I'm speaking slowly, but you and I both share in our tantric numerology. I know that we both share the physical body, Mm -hmm. like the number five and that physical body being really (laughs) like an inherent (laughs) part of what we're here to experience. Yeah. And I also know that we're both, and you know, maybe this doesn't resonate with everybody, but for you and I specifically, I will speak to, and maybe you can tell me how you feel about this, but I, you know, since I've been a little kid, I've kind of known that there is something here more than just this like vessel that I'm in. And that's something that like, I've been very interested in. And it's not to escape my 3D body because I, gosh, yeah, like this is just incredible to be here experiencing life, but I've been, you know, with the practice of Kundalini yoga, I know we're both oriented towards some of those higher consciousness, mind-based expansion experience of more of the energetic body. And so my friend was kind of being like, yeah, but if you didn't have these fears, what would tether you here? Like Mm -hmm. those fears are so human. And for somebody who is wanting to experience more, you need to tether to this. Otherwise, like you can go so far, like you can just keep trying to expand and that kind of removes you from this reality or it can in whatever sense. And so it was a cool way for me to kind of think about my experience of fear, say, or of some things that have happened and my reactions to them and just being like, yeah, this is a cool way to look at it. This is how like I'm supposed to feel this way. And this is so human and it's so normal and natural and all of these things, but it's also tethering my experience. I love that. Yeah. And I think most likely your listeners like us, we do, and this is kind of even tying it back to astrology. We do believe that, okay, maybe I'm speaking for myself or Tanya and I right now, but like that there is other existences on planets and, you know, other kind of things going on and it can be so easy to get lost in that realm or in those states. And yeah, I think anything, even when it comes to the 3D or bringing, I love how you use the word like tethering. We sometimes have to have these experiences, have these really more difficult or 3D things that happen to remind us and to ground us and to like get back in touch with our body. Because I think sometimes because there's such an interest in the other worldly, either like tools or dimensions or worlds and in a very playful way, I'll say like, it's not like, (laughs) I mean, not yet channeling other, (laughs) other entities and beings. But I think it's just when there is that interest, 
it's good to have. And I think that's why we're also both so connected to like nature and like the Taurin Venusian energy of like beauty and self-care and ritual. And here's this product and this is what I use. I mean, look at rainbow. It's a creation and manifestation of all of that, of really kind of tying in all bodies, but then really coming back to you take this on the physical body. You do have a shift on an energetic body, but it's like you do need the product Mm -hmm. in a physical way. Yeah. I mean, I literally have so many things to talk to you about. So (laughs) I'm going to segue us, loop back to a few things we we touched on shortly. But speaking of mushrooms, will you tell us about your relationship with them, what they've taught you? I know you're a longtime lover of 1111. And yeah, what is your experience with them? What have they taught you? Do you work with them daily? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still remember Tanya, when we met in the village juicery on Ranci and you handed me, I don't even know if it was launched yet, but I remember you handing me like one of the first kind of iterations of 1111. Do you remember? I remember that. Yeah. It's just so vivid to me because I remember you sharing your journey and your experience, but then also creating Rainbow and creating 1111. And going back, like I would say prior to that, I had a very, I would say more 3D relationship to fungi in the sense of I was really delving into yeah, just more like adaptogens and using mushrooms and the company. Well, I don't think it's in the States, but the one that kind of like introduced me was Harmonic Arts. I think it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's only in Canada. And so I remember when I was going on like the health journey and just seeking and seeking, okay, what are tools? What are things? What are supplements? What are powders? And I mean, I've done so much in the sense of trial and error and being such a guinea pig. And I always just remember being drawn to the mushrooms. I think they had this like mushroom hot chocolate that I would make every day. And it was just so grounding and so healing. And it just had this overall effect on my body, which in relation then to like an actual mushroom in the earth and in the grounded kind of like way and properties that I mean, there's so many properties to them, but when I think of fungi, when I think of mushrooms, even when I see them, you know, my dad grew up on a farm and with 12 siblings. And so we'd often go to that farm on the weekends and go out to the bush and like pick blueberries in the blueberry patch. And like, you would see mushrooms. I just remember being like so fascinated and I have a Taurus moon. And so I'm just very like earth ground. Like I'm just so curious with what was coming up from the earth, whether it was like, you know, from a blueberry patch or whether it was a mushroom. And, and I feel, yeah, they've almost always kind of been this little, whether consciously or subconsciously, they've been a teacher or they've been a guide, or they've been this place where they're saying like, come, let me show you, let me guide you. Let me heal you. Let me speak to you. Let me have this effect on your body because this is what we're meant to do. Obviously not all mushrooms, but the mushrooms that we're meant to have and ingest and have in our orbit, they're just, to me, they are miracles. It's like God gave us mushrooms to help us heal on so many different levels and planes. So, and that's still to the day I live right across from high park and 
I'll just go and like revel. And I send you photos too. I'm like, is this, what's it like? Chicken of the chicken of the woods. Chicken of the woods. I find the chicken. I'm like, Tanya, look at this incredible chicken of the woods. And I have to take photos. It's like I have to like spend time with it. I have to look at it. I have to see the color and like the light and the beauty and the texture. And to me, it's just otherworldly. And it's almost like my brain can't comprehend, but it's like here they are for us and obviously for the whole greater like ecosystem and just the planet. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, you're the queen. And so (laughs) I'm speaking to the the queen. Yeah. They do just evoke such curiosity in people, which is so, so cool to hear. Do you take them regularly? I do. 11-11. And I think I have turkey tail. Turkey tail. Yeah. I remember giving you that one. Yeah. I do choose the always alcohol free. I yeah. know that that, well, I mean, I don't know what the, tell me that's coming out all alcohol free. Little secret is yeah. They're all going to be alcohol free. Well, we'll have options for people. And I know there's like different with the processing and the extraction and there's benefits yep. of both. But to me, because I've also taken just so many things in my life that either like taste awful or they have just like the very, very astringent taste or like property. And I actually don't like, I don't drink any alcohol in like personal or like in health. And so to me, the alcohol free version in anything, it's so smooth. It's so easy to take. You can drop it into anything. I know you can with the alcohol, but I feel like I'm just a little bit more sensitive, but drop them into smoothies, drop them into water, drop them into matcha, even like with my husband. I'm like, wait, add your mushrooms. Like (laughs) (laughs) you just created something that's so accessible. And yeah, it is an everyday thing. It is an everyday thing Mm -hmm. with rainbow. I love to hear that. I want to chat a bit about a radiant life and your philosophy, what it is right now. And then also what you have coming out and what you're sharing and launching soon. Yeah, I feel like, well, for me, the word radiance has always been kind of like a part of, I'm going to say part of my life, but I've always been connected to, yeah, this energy that like exists within all of us. But then how is that then projected? And how do we allow what's inside of us? And that could be, you know, in different lineages, like in TCM, it's like the Shen, like the spirit that just, it actually radiates from your being. It doesn't even matter what is on the outside, whether that's makeup or what your hair is looking like, or like what your clothes are. And yeah. And also to get a little bit more tangible, it's like I did part of my journey. It's like I experienced really, really, really bad acne. And that was part of, I feel like this journey to creating a radiant life before. I mean, I had a podcast called Glow Deep. And so that kind of like started to plant the seeds of building, creating a radiant life. And I feel like a radiant life came into existence when I actually allowed myself to like connect with nature in just a more real way, in a more relationship way before. I mean, even growing up or I also lived in New York for four years and it's like, it was there and I loved it and I would be in it, but I didn't have a relationship to it. And I know that sounds kind of a little 
Hippy, but to me in creating a radiant life, it's like when I started to lean into having the relationship with nature, whether that was with a tree or spending more time in it or with like the mushrooms in the park or going and taking, you know, dips in the lake or the ocean or whatever it was, I started to just have this feeling like in my body that this is when I feel my most radiant self. Like this is when I feel so beautiful. Like it doesn't matter who's around me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling, but just like being in connection with nature and then having this kind of just like, it's just a feeling that I feel like exudes out of me. And it's something that I've always just wanted to, to share, express, just kind of like be this conversation of like connecting to your true self and beauty through having, whether it is a relationship to nature or it's just finding like what makes you feel good? What makes you feel vital? What makes you feel radiant? Like what are those things? And maybe it is something externally or it is something internally, but yeah, I've just always had this like curiosity of like what makes someone feel beautiful? What makes someone feel radiant? And that then has kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm a manifesting generator in human design. So it's kind of created all of these spokes from the nucleus of a radiant life. And so whether that's been, you know, I had like a course called a radiance course, which is like Kundalini meditation and just everything that I love with journaling and aesthetics. I've had, you know, one-to-one practice for a really long time and working with people on a more intimate landscape. I have a podcast where we have these, yeah, incredible conversations. I have like a creative consulting agency and our premise too is always coming back to like nature as our muse. And so creating people's visions and ideas and creating that beauty in the digital landscape or in their business. And then the new and what you're referring to as like a launch, the new kind of like spoke on that is a matcha line. And that is something that more to me is kind of like that inner beauty. Like I see also rainbow, like with the 1111, it's like this inner substance, this inner potion, this inner creation that you take and it shifts something, Mm -hmm. right? It shifts something in your life, whether it's from the ritual or it's from the properties, it just shifts something in you. And that is just something like I want to share, whether it's through a conversation whether it's through sharing a Kundalini practice, like the Radiance Medi, or I mean, there's so many, or it's in a cup of matcha that when you drink that matcha, you feel lit up, you just feel more beautiful, maybe you have more energy to take on your day. And so you have more confidence, or you want to connect with someone or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that like our internal can, can lead to the external, but that in kind of like a little mini mg nutshell Mm, i love it (laughs) i love that is what's going on i've always just watched you and your offerings and i remember when i first i don't think we actually ever met at nut bar but i remember first we did we did we did i remember seeing you there you would always come in and it was when i was working there and you would come in in your leather jacket and you were always just so cool. <laughs> um, I remember just being like, oh my God, who is that? I'm pretty sure she's a holistic nutritionist and I need to know her. Oh my gosh. But I mean, yeah, your offerings are always like 
literally exactly what you just described in terms of like really creating that shift internally. And I remember when we were in Kundalini as well, you realized that your 11th body, your 10th or 11th body was the radiant body, wasn't it? 11. 11. No, 10th. I can't remember, but it was connected to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember just thinking like, of course, like that makes yeah. sense for her. But that's, well, you know, I think we both share our, actually, I don't know if you share this, but like one of my hardest relationships has been with coffee and like the hardest ones to like, I've never felt like I've been addicted to anything other than that. And that was a big journey to switch over. And now we're just like, oh, I just love, love my morning. Gotcha. Like <laughs> it, it's just nothing better so sustaining to my energy and nervous system completely and not even that but i think the actual properties like the chlorophyll the l-theanine the antioxidants it really is and i've heard like dr andrew wheel talk about it it is a superfood it's like this powder from the gods that it's just it's so beautiful and it just happens to like give us focus and energy and have caffeine in it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is like a miracle substance <laughs> I love it so much I'm so excited for you to share and I can't wait to try it obviously oh I'll be sending it your way as soon as it yeah lunches I can't wait to hear so tell us a bit about yeah where you at with Kundalini your personal practice I've been doing Sudarshan Chakra Kriya for like Whoa. probably over 90 days now 11 minutes 11 minutes mm-hmm. but I'm feeling like it might be time for a shift so I'd love to hear, what are you, Yeah, I. what are you practicing? I shift. I mean, Amanda Norgard and I were doing, we started in January, we're doing Sopa Kriya. And so mm. we were doing Sopa Kriya and then I always, so it's like, I normally have like one kind of specific meditation. That's like the, I guess the anchor point. And then daily I'll like switch up. Like sometimes it's cat cow and then breath of fire. Like I really, when it comes to like my daily practice, I really tune in to how I'm feeling, where am I at with my cycle, but there'll always be kind of like a nucleus, like thing that I ground Mm -hmm. into or a couple. And so whether I add on like three minutes of Sakriya or three minutes of har, depending on <laughs> what the meditation is. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to get a little bit of the prosperity. We're going to get, you know, a little bit of flavor of like moving. Yeah. Like Sakriya is just like, it's the one, right? It's just, it's so juicy. So good. Even if you just do three minutes. So yeah. coming off of Soba Kriya, and then I was really doing, which is like a set in my beauty collection which is like three sets based off like the skincare regime <laughs> cleanse tone and hydrate so I was doing the set from hydrate which is the radiance meditation and gyan chakra so I was really just kind of like honing in on those and I just felt like a no other way to put it I think I told this to a client the other day like a light bulb I would finish that practice and I'd go out for a morning walk or go out for a walk and I would just feel like a light bulb. It just, dogs would run up to me. (laughs) I just felt illuminated. Like I just felt like I was glowing, but not like I was, you know, just in my morning attire or in like activewear. I didn't necessarily feel or like look Mm -hmm. like a light bulb, but it was just such a profound feeling. And just recently 
Amanda was like, Hey, do you want to do this prosperity meditation? Guru Jagat has it on YouTube. I think I did it back in 2019 or 2020, maybe. And it's Hada Hada Gobinde. Like the placements are. Yeah. Yeah. I know you can't see, but it's like the kind of almost like the receiving mudra. So that's 11 minutes. I don't even know if it has a name because on the YouTube, she just calls it like prosperity meditation. Yeah. I practice it all the time. I want to get in these little groups with you and Amanda. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Kate. (laughs) I'm coming in. You're coming in. I'm coming in for sure. I'm interviewing her on Friday. So I'm like, this is just the best week ever where I get to talk with. Oh my gosh. Most amazing people. Oh, of course you are. And it's so funny because we have our own, like we have our personal pod where we voice memo each other. And I was telling her today that I was going to be on your pod without her knowing. <laughs> I mean, we're just all connected and you do what hundred percent you're, yeah, yeah. you're going to be in the pod. I'm so excited. There's such transformative practices. I was reading something on Instagram yesterday about what happens in the nervous system when we practice kundalini and like the activation of like the brain actually being filled with light based on a nervous system that is becoming more attuned and more regulated because like the premise of kundalini is a regulated nervous system and glandular system Mm. but it's just such interesting technology where you're really focused on the hypothalamus these upper kind of glandular brain organs and glands and the effects that that has through your body. It's like, you feel like a light bulb because you actually are one. Like <laughs> like the whole system is yeah lit up. It's true. By a different form of electricity and the nervous system, that's part of the electricity of the body. To charge. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And then to me, It makes sense that either being in nature or being kind of in relationship to, say, for example, like a dog where they read energy so acutely and they're so connected because that's part of their language. Like an animal is just so it's like they read energy, they can read the aura, they can sense. And I, to me, I mean, I love animals. I love dogs too. It's a clear obsession And it's just so fascinating to see, I don't know any other word, but like result, it's like the proof is in the pudding when you kind of are doing your practice. And obviously some days it's like, okay, maybe it doesn't get done or you're kind of just like not in it, but like you're doing the motions and you're just going through it, but it's still all accumulating and creating this, you know, continual channel and charge that when you do go out into the world, or I know we've spoken about this so many times, when you start to practice like that prosperity, Medi, and like you see it work, Mm -hmm. it leaves me speechless. I don't even know if I can find words because it's just so real, but then it's not like, (laughs) it's very powerful. Very powerful. What a practice. What a practice. I think we'll always be saying that and be astounded by it, by practicing it, because I feel like the more you do it and the more you build up, whether it's like the nervous system or 
just the connection and relationship to the practice. It just transforms and is with you in every season. And I think that's so important that no matter what season you're in, if you're feeling more like in a winter season or now that we're in spring, so maybe you're feeling a little bit more activated or summer, it's with you through all the seasons and it might change and your practice changes, but you only grow and you continue to expand and to heal and to illuminate and to radiate and there's so much there. It's like richness. To me, it's like, that's a rich life, being mm-hmm. able to have this experience and to play with it all and have fun. Oh, yeah. I think that's so key. Even, you know, when you get to the point too, where you can just laugh off the hard stuff and mm-hmm. find the humor, it is like such medicine to just make light of ourselves in ways, like not take it all so seriously. Completely. Yeah. Life has its, it has its challenges. It has its like stuff. And I know for me too, it's like, it can be more, it's like Scorpio sun, Capricorn rising. It's like, it can be more intense. <laughs> I'm grounded. I'm intense. You saw me in like my leather jacket and I love leather. <laughs> and I just, it's like, yeah, I remember someone like seeing, this was like back when I met, I mean, I first moved to Toronto and someone first met me and I was like wearing all my leather and they <laughs> told someone else that they were afraid <laughs> to talk to me and to approach me because <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, no, that's like the complete opposite of what I am. But it's so interesting because there is, I do feel that there's intensity and there's passion or it's like, there's so much going on, but I think the best medicine for so many things in life. And I mean, this has been studied. There's research papers on humor as medicine and using laughter to heal the Mm -hmm. body. And I think when we can just not take ourselves so seriously, I learned that so much from my husband that you bring lightness to, and it shifts it. It doesn't mean it takes it away, but you can just shift it in that moment. And in that shift, it's like, yeah, that's where you can find that opening or that portal Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. something else. Yeah. (laughs) As you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can so see Lisa's biker face. (laughs) I just love it. You in full leather on a bike. Like I see that. Oh yeah. 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 Like part of me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's that rebel. There is. And not that I'm <laughs> I'm like a golden retriever, but it's like a rebel golden retriever that will push boundaries or it's just Yeah. Yeah. And but that at the same time it's like all wrapped in like a bubble of love mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um okay, we have just been chatting for a while <laughs> and I want to be respectful of your time. So a couple more questions that I wanna kind of just I like to close off my podcast conversations about our, well, a few things actually. Can you share a couple books that are on your reading list currently? Yeah. So talking about prosperity, I'm in a little bit of a prosperity money bubble and just learning more, Mm. opening myself up to things that maybe I thought I knew, or I was like tricking myself into knowing like when conversations were happening, that'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. But like internally, I'm like, oh my God, I I have no idea. And I think it's just a sense of really just getting honest with myself and seeping into just more maturity for myself and not having like shame and guilt for not knowing these things. And I think sometimes, well, in the past, it's like I would, but now I'm like, okay, well, I learned my lesson or I hit a rock bottom or I kept my head in the sand, but 
let's not do that again, or let's learn more. And I think because I'm on this precipice of like shifting things business-wise and having like my first product and really just having this new form of kind of like a business manifestation, I just want to learn and I want to learn more. So one of the books is Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach, like the Canadian version. I know there's a US version. Mm. So that's kind of on my shelf of next, but I'm reading right now. It's like very fluffy, but it has points in it. And I think it's just good to surround myself with some of this language. Mm. It's called Rich Bitch by Nicole Lapin. Mm. I'm still reading The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, which mm. is Unreal. I feel like it will always just be one for me that's kind of like conversations with God, volume one. It's just like a mainstay. It's like you'll go back to and you'll refer to it or you'll go back to and like read a few chapters. And then prior to that, I had just finished Think and Grow Rich. So there's a theme. There's just, I think, something Mm -hmm. that when you're building something new, it's good to just lay a new foundation. Because there's been, right, so many of these things that like I've learned or I've practiced or it's like I've been in highs or I've been in lows or I've been in stagnancy. And there's been so many different iterations of business and life and work. And I think when you are building a new foundation, to me, it's just good to like gain more knowledge. I love that. There's another really great book that I recommend in that line, um, Sacred Economics. Okay. I'm writing it down. So good. But I love that. I love that theme. It's so fun to look at that side of like, yeah, it's part of our sovereignty. It's part of like, you can dismantle ideas that we all have in our heads around like something as inherent as money. Um, That's juicy. Those are such good recommendations. Thank you. You're welcome. And yeah, if you could share one intention, wish, prayer with our audience, what would you leave us with? I think something that I always come back to for my own life and kind of what's been a through line or I've shared it on the podcast is to see the beauty, see the beauty in everything. You know, maybe you're coming out of like a really hard winter and not just environmentally or like with the weather, but maybe things were really sticky and you felt lost or you don't feel like you have a vision or a purpose or you're in like a high summer and it's like things are going amazing, but you're kind of like, ooh, you're like wrapped up. It's kind of like you're in a tornado that you can't really like latch on to things or life. It's like things are just moving so quickly. And my prayer and the hope is just that you see the beauty in the everyday. You see the beauty in the everyday, whether that's on your walk, whether that's in your partner's eyes, whether that's in your daily matcha, whether that's in the meal that you can make or you can grocery shop or you play with your kids. It's to me, it's like beauty is the fuel and the medicine to just feel better and to make that moment that much richer and greater. And that then has like a ripple effect. It continues. It's like when you see that beauty or you can seek it, even if you can't find reasons you know, to look for beauty, it's going to propel you and that beauty can transform anything, anything. Thank you. It's so beautiful. It's such a good lesson when life is just feeling like it's zooming so fast to just like slow and appreciate and find that mindset to frame the world through. Thank you so, so much for 
coming on and sharing so much so openly about your story and evolution. I just, I love our chat so much. I could, I literally think it's been like over two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you and our friendship. And I'm sure we will be doing this again soon. Likewise, Tanya, I love you. And I'm so grateful to not only have you like orbiting in so many different ways, but to have you in my life. And yeah, thank you for having me today and to share with your audience and your community, because I know that they're just so incredible. You have an amazing community that you've built. Thank you. And I'll be sure to link out to your Instagram website and where people can find you. Wonderful. Thank you. With deep gratitude, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a review. That is always very appreciated. Mushrooms transformed my mind and body. And if you're interested in bringing medicinal mushrooms into your life and health journey, check out rainbow.com for our meticulously sourced Canadian fruiting body mushroom tinctures. Until next time, peace in and peace out, friends.